Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, your gateway to the wonderful world of archery. Hey everyone, welcome to the Boner Planet Podcast. Myself, Tim Mazarana, along with Dave, as always, the best co-host ever. Um, Thank you. But we have Thank a really that's, that's, special... That's much. That's much. I, I know, it's a lot to handle. It's a lot to handle, but uh, we got a really, really special guest with us tonight. Um, actually, one of our favorite Team BHP members, Ben Pittman. Uh, ben, it is great to see you on camera. Great to be with you, to actually talk to you in person. How have you been, man? How, how are things going? Oh, everything's going fine. Um, things are busy, flying all over the place as usual. And uh, yeah, no complaints there. Just uh, just the only complaint I have is my Reveal Tech Cam has been pretty much just showing a porcupine every night. And that's about all I'm seeing right now. So. <laughs> well, ours is, uh, is ours is ours too. Let me get this right, though. Can I guess? It was showing a whole bunch of stuff right up until the day hunting started, correct? <laughs> pretty much but it, there was a little bit of time before that because we're going through such a bad drought in new hampshire that okay. um I'm, I'm wondering if it's because my water source uh right there just kind of dried up gotcha so they're, I have they're, a small creek. Think they're moving around a little bit just to find that uh that water huh yeah there, there's actually down the street there's a um older couple that has a little pond and i have never seen it this low or this dry um, I mean, if it was like me, there'd probably be things popping up out of there and stuff because it's so low. <laughs> you can find all the dead bodies that they hid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, so for those for those of you that don't know, Ben's commercial pilot, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you do for a living, um, hunting on the side, but love the passion for hunting, which I love. Uh, what I want to know, I wanted to get to know you a little bit more. How did you get into hunting? Like what, what started it for you? Well, you know, it came down to the fact that uh, I've been shooting, you know, uh, bows since I was a kid, but living in Texas, you know, you have to be able to have a lease or um, afford to get on a lease to do any hunting. And my family, there's just no way we could do that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, then I got into the military and I've been shooting bows and I've done some 3D tournaments and some stuff over time, but just never had a chance to go hunting. And then lo and behold, I move up here to New Hampshire, find out that it's perfectly legal to hunt on private land. And, you know, it's, it's very, uh, I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> it's very specific um, <laughs> on, you know, if you don't want somebody to hunt, 
then you basically tell them, um, you know, by putting up signs every 50 feet that you can't hunt on the land. But, you know, the idea is that the fishing game wants to maintain the conservation and the hunting of New Hampshire. So, you know, I, I, so, they, so, it's, so, so private property is actually open to the public unless it's posted. You don't have to have permission or anything. Yeah. Wow. They I knew Texas you, was you like, you owner. had to have a written lease. You had to have written permission. It's not like that in Michigan, as long as you're on private property and they don't trespass you off type of deal. Uh, but you can't just trespass on their, on their property to do it. That's really interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. So I literally went next to next door to my neighbor and was like, Hey, can I hunt in the back part of your land it's not more than like maybe less than 50 yards away from uh where i'm living because there's a creek going right there and we constantly see deer just transiting from the far woods into uh, an area where there's some public uh land like a national uh, forest area gotcha. uh, so I, I knew this they they knew it was a safe area here because it's just been me and my neighbor living here so he was like sure yeah go back i found a nice little tree nice little um clear spot went up in my tree stand and just been hunting back there and um, I've had a reveal tacticam uh, on it for this last year and I cannot tell you how many like deer and other wildlife I've seen I mean there's a bobcat that seems to constantly go through there all the dang time and no way, that's cool. um, porcupine uh, foxes um, uh, a what do you call it a raccoon that likes to cause some mischief back there I mean there's <laughs> there's a ton of just by that water source you know yeah trash pandas as we like to call them yeah, sure. Those those darn <laughs> raccoons. So, so how do you like the, the besides the fact that all the deer bis- disappeared? How do you like the reveal ta- tactic? I love it. It has been like incredibly handy and almost gets me excited every time like it pops up and says, "Hey, it's a new picture." I always have to look, and I don't know why this is the random time that was chosen, but four thirty-seven is like the check-in time, you know, in the morning. So if I see it four thirty-seven, I don't get too excited. I just delete it. But if it's any other time, I'm like, "Hey, what did I see today?" and like I said, it's like, um, normally you would never know this is any of this stuff is out there, but you know, we caught that bobcat like so many times it's, it's unbelievable. And then I was really excited that, let's see, I think it was like two months ago, I got a really good, uh, picture of my first buck, uh, in high definition with felt all over its antlers and stuff. And it was fantastic. That's awesome. man. It is. It's funny that you say that though, because I'm kind of putting two and two together in my head as you were talking with the aspect of, of cell phone trail cams coming out in the last couple of years, you've all, I, I've also, at least in Michigan, seen the DNR actually um, admit that there's, uh, you know, mountain lions now in lower Michigan because they're getting them on camera. And it just makes me kind of think, I'm like, would we, and, and you know, they, they get them on camera because people get them on their trail cams and then send them in. And looking back at it, a lot of the pictures that they're getting are from cell phone trail cams with cellular service and i wonder if they've always been around for a lot longer and people may have been getting them on trail cams but it's a lot more easier to share those types of pictures when you get it sent right to your phone you don't have to go out and pull an sd card and download it and all that kind of stuff so that's actually Mm -hmm. kind of interesting i I love the aspect ourselves we're we're always checking cameras and you know sending each other same pictures we can all see because we log into the same account but i'm like dude you see this one he's like yeah I already saw it, man. <laughs> That's well, a nice spot, like, by the way. I got into like a cell camera war with my buddy who's a flight engineer down at McGuire Air Force Base in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, I could only counter him with like all kinds of random animals. You know, I, I had a, occasional deer and stuff, but then I was like, here's a porcupine, here's a bobcat. He's like, here's a buck, here's a buck, here's a buck, here's some doe, here's some buck. You know, I mean, in New <laughs> Jersey, he sees deer every single day, yeah. every single day. Wow. 
Yeah, that's who would have thought New Jersey would be just swarming with whitetail? It's unreal. Yeah, I, I want to say. I mean, we see deer every single day where we have them out, but that's because what we have um, about eighty-five cameras out. Is that what we have? Yeah. <laughs> so somewhere around that 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 number. No, we have we probably have like five or six on the property. But it's weird because what, what's really cool is you can kind of see like over the last three days, we've had some deer kind of in a back spot over where Dave's hunting and there's great buck showing up on camera. And over the last three days, you can actually see that buck moving across the property and we can actually track it over the last three days. It started off over by Dave, kind of worked itself around because where we hunt now, there's a big, there's a big fence. So it can't go through the property it has to go all the way around in the areas that we're hunting and it, you can see it traveled all the way around the property in the last three days so it's pretty, been pretty cool to watch that stuff so yeah i'm just kind of bummed that this is my first year having that camera and you know initially i was getting a lot of stuff um including deer like tons of deer on there and then uh, i think it's the drought i mean once yeah. that stream dried up they didn't want to come you know the water source anymore at least until it gets some rain and I think it's just a unique year for New Hampshire for that very reason. I mean, the drought, I think it's just kind of made things really sparse as far as seeing deer right now. Yeah. yeah. How's the temperature been? Has it been dropping off a little bit too or no? Yeah, it's been in the sixties and stuff. It's, uh, it's not been too bad. The sad thing about it is, is that I finally used that, uh, that scent lock discount code and I got myself a new scent lock out that I was ready to do, uh, to, to use for this. That's perfect for these temperatures and lo and behold, here comes a drought. Not seeing any deer right now. <laughs> no deer, no deer. Oh, it's man. the exact opposite of when um, it snowed here for the first time, and then the very next year I bought a snowblower. Then it didn't snow all year long. That's that's the way it happens for sure. <laughs> Never fails. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I absolutely love it. So how, how many how many times you are you more of a weekend warrior kind of day? You know, pick pick and choose your days, or does your schedule allow you to kind of? Um, you know, be more flexible with the hunting stuff. Cause I know Dave and I, we're, we're weekend warrior guys, right? We day jobs, we do the bow on our planet stuff on top of it. So we got to pick and choose our battles and it never really, unfortunately lines up exactly when the deer are hot. Um, but is that, that kind of your same situation where more weekend warrior type of stuff? Pretty much, but more the weekday warrior type of thing, because, um, you know, I'm kind of still junior on the captain side and everything's seniority based as far as like how well you bid and how your schedule comes out. So uh, I've been flying weekends for, you know, a good, uh, good while we're hiring a bunch now. So, you know, seniority is improving, but uh, as of right now, it's like, usually I'm home during the week and then I just have to pick and choose and kind of, you know, dig into the apps, kind of find the best time to get out there. And, and, you know, I'm lucky if I can get out like a handful of times, but mind you, I've only been out for one year. I mean, last, last year was my first year, honey. No way. So, uh, well, now it's my very first year. It's like the rest cool. of it was like watching this show and getting gear and getting ready. And then lo and behold, you know, I'm up in a tree and stuff. And, and to me, it was, it was a simple success to get up in the tree and use the gear and use the safety equipment. Now, I only saw squirrels, but hey, I got up in the tree. So, hey, that was something. Now, now, if, if course, I remember right, um, you kind of found us during our first Christmas giveaway, right? Is that, yep. is that that's how the story goes, right? And it was during the, uh, the 10 year, because I remember that when the, uh, you guys were giving away the Matthews verdicts, the number was right. 10. And then yep. I, that's why it's stuck in my brain. Cause I was like, oh man, maybe I can win the verdicts. I won't actually have to buy it with all this money I've been saving up. That's I awesome. traded my switchback <laughs> for the verdicts. You know, I had that switchback since like Oh four. It was like the, it wasn't like the, uh, what do they have? Like the XT switchback. It was the yeah. original switchback. And I'd had that all nice. through the military years. 
Did you, oh. did you, Dave, did you shoot the switchback? Cause I know it's a really familiar bow for some reason. Well, switchback is a very popular bow. It's been around a long time. You know, yeah. it came out like seven nose. Brian had one, Ron had okay. one. And um, we had one for the classic series, but yeah, it's, I know it's somebody, one I was of those talking, bows. It was probably Brian I was talking to that he was saying, yeah, I love that thing, man. And, and I'd yeah, shoot it again in a heartbeat. So. It's one of those things that's, you know, it's been around, man. It's been around, <laughs> but yeah. that's the, I don't know. You know, I love those nostalgic bows, like the switchback. I just wish that Matthews would do something like bring something like that back one time. Maybe not the exact same bow, but bring back the name along with a new, newer version of it, of that concept, you know, somehow use something from it, of course, but even just the riser, you know, just come up with a way to make it old, but new, you know, be kind of yeah, cool. For sure. For, for sure. They make, they make retro video games. Why not a retro bow? That's what I'm saying. I don't understand why we wouldn't, you know, what the heck? I think you were right. I mean, it would sell like hotcakes. It would fly off. Oh, the shelf. God. I think it they would could too. make their money. Especially so if a company money. like Matthews did it, for That's sure. That's what I'm saying. They're the ones who can do it. Like, if I was them, I would do like, they got so many. I, I mean, the, the, yeah. the Creed, the Z7. I mean, the Z7, people go ballistic. The, the no cam and all that stuff. Yeah, too. I don't know if the no cam would do well. That one didn't nope. do as well in there. No, that one, it, you know what the problem with that bow was? It was extremely smooth, but it, had, it didn't have a lot of punch power. And people, that they kind of you know like for instance like a good example would be if i took that bow which we do have it if i took that bow right now and i took it against three different matthews and, and you look at depth penetration so let's say it's 70 pounds or all 70 all 20 inch raw i guarantee you i get five inches more penetration minimum on each of the other bow other models than that bow so if if, if a normal bow shooting 12 inch depth in a target i'm going to get like five you know in that that no cam some reason the way the cams work it just didn't punch hard it shot nice, but it was slower, slower bow. Yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah, because um, you're talking two sinks, two solo type cam. It's not even a cam, really. It's almost like two no, wheels. It's very, exactly. it's nothing like really pushing it over the top, you know. So Ben, so, going back to these giveaways, man. We had the, uh, we, we had we we owed some giveaways for the year. It took us a little while to get organized this year. But uh, when Tim's we, fault, when we just Tim's did fault, it, I was watching. We, uh, I was watching. <laughs> yeah, when we did it for the the team BHP, um, I think you kind of you kind of made out a little bit on that, huh? Yeah, yeah I it, it actually, you guys uh, uh, threw in a bit of a curveball for me because um, when I got that Tetra Max, I did a little bit of research on it, and it just so happens, like you know, once again watching this dang show, I ended up going to get some victory TKOs. <laughs> um, and so now I have victory TKOs and I have some, um, uh, carbon express blue RZs, two different weights, arrows, two different yeah. types. And I'm sitting here looking at this Tetra Max and going, it has a changeable wheel. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. I can have one sight, two arrows, <laughs> yep. you know? Yeah. So I'm, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, take that one. In fact, I already got a, I bought a dovetail for it and I'm going nice. to get it mounted on my bow. And then I'm gonna give my wife the black gold to put on her amplifier. Smart. There you go, man. I like it. I like so, it. Which, yeah. but that which, was awesome. I hadn't had a chance to put a, put a picture up yet because we haven't had a chance to go to the archery shop and have her sized on it and stuff. But I remember when I showed it to her, you guys are going to get a kick out of this. If you look on the um, the limbs, the word amplify, A-M-P is like really bright and they like fade away the, the rest of the word. Yeah. Uh, that's her initials. Is it really? That's oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. She was like, and I was like, hey, it's meant to meant to be because it's made for um, you. <laughs> yeah. And you'll love the backstory too and stuff. It was two years ago. She's like, hey, you're watching that show again? I go, yeah. 
And she goes, well, uh, I'm trying to win a bow, you know, trying to see if I win a bow. They're giving away like six or seven of them. And um, she goes, well, how about you try to win me bow? You don't need another bow. And I go, okay. <laughs> Fast forward to two years later, I'm on an overnight. I call her up and said, hey, remember that? How you said, win your bow? I'll win your bow. I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> you, you've had, you've had quite the run, man. And it's, it's kind of funny because there's, there's a couple people it's not, you know, cause some of our, some of the stuff that we do is not just team BHP based, like the Christmas shows and stuff like that. We do, you know, some stuff specific for team BHP, but there there's you and, and there's a couple other people that like consistently win. And we, I mean, we're not, we're not picking it because we know people were, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all random. random stuff that we do. So but it's odd, really, so really it's cool. Just- you know that's the thing i I was gonna say the big bow giveaway is coming up early this year won't be christmas it's gonna be october it's now it's actually november 1st is the giveaway and so this this giveaway will be a psc x by nxt it will be for um team bhp and live subscribers on all the platforms so for instance uh tiktok we have 30 something live subscribers those guys pay the same amount that the team bhp pay actually they pay more it's like a depend which depends on which one you do but i told those guys i said listen i'm just telling you because one guy said to me is there any other ways to get more more entries and i said actually yes you can join team bhp as well you could technically go over there you could tell like ben you could go over to tiktok and become a live subscriber and then you just get another entry right or like in some cases like um um some of the guys are doing what the two steps up, like the super or whatever. I don't know. I think you're a super, aren't you, Ben? A super one? Super, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So super gets more entry. So for instance, for my giveaway, not for Tim's. Tim does it different than me. So for the bow giveaway, you're gonna get multiple tickets basically into it based on your level. So I'm gonna take a spreadsheet. I'm gonna say Ben's got X amount of tickets, which I have to go figure out how many you have. And then I put you in there and then I put everybody in. I put all their tickets in and TikTokers are one ticket, and that's what I was getting at. And so then I do random generator which reshuffles everybody so you're not just you know one through five which i guess it doesn't really matter necessarily but whatever random, it spreads random, it out yep. randomizes it and then we'll do the random number and that's that and it'll be the bow but like i was telling those guys and i'm telling team bhp as well is i think this year what we're gonna do um so tim and i don't know if we're doing the christmas special this year it's, it's the reason is is that the bow companies are cutting back dramatically. So it's not easy for me to call a company and say, Hey, can you give us a bow for the bow, the Christmas special? The odds are they're going to say, no, I don't think they're going to do it. I feel like things have really taken a step back. They've all slowed down. Um, You know, they're they're. I'm having hard times getting bows just for reviews instead of like, you know, marketing type bows. It's getting very difficult. So what I was thinking is, I might do so Tim's going to have his own giveaways for team BHP. That's going to be like his thing. But for me, I think what I'm going to try to work on is a uh, live subscriber along with plus symbol team BHP members is like your bonus, right? It's a bonus thing you guys would be involved in. And I'm going to try to do giveaways for just the group for larger items. So my goal would be is try to do. So once this bow's done, maybe we could do another bow in another quarter, right? And another one, I'm just trying to figure out a way that we can, even if I start giving the classic bows away, it'd still be kind of fun, I think, you know, in some sense, you know, so I'm thinking in my head, like, I can start doing that and keep that going. While Tim and Jamie work on the smaller items, like, hey, here's an HHA site, or here's a Virtus rest or whatever, um, and go that route. Because if I can get some of that stuff I would get for Christmas, maybe instead of do a Christmas special with it, we use this across the Team BHP type stuff giveaways, you know, so it gives people reason to join, you know, plus, it, it, like I said, 
we usually do that Christmas special. We're giving away five or six bows we did for like two or three years yeah. to just random people. And I'm thinking, I like, why even do that? You know, join Team HP or you're not in you know what i mean like why give them to random people if i can give them to people who actually care and do stuff for us or want to be a part of it so that's my other thought is like how can i make this to where it works for everybody how can we give back now but i i do i do take offense about you taking all the larger stuff listen people love the team <laughs> yours adds apparel. up to more than mine <laughs> people love the team bhp apparel packages i don't care what you say people love those things and <laughs> And uh, by the way, I, we, we probably, I don't, I, I haven't looked at inventory lately, but I think we might need to get some more hats and um, relatively. We soon. owe Ben a hat actually. Cause another one. The super, yeah. Because, unless you just sent it. Cause he signs up for the super. <laughs> no, that, unless we listen, it. that's all Jamie. I don't handle shipping. Yeah. We'll all. get it taken care of Ben. Don't worry. Take us some time, but we gotta, well, we gotta figure that out. Hats, so that was one of I've the... been testing you guys. <laughs> about, about what, about what? The hat? the hat i saw it <laughs> yeah, that's a one-off oh yeah you switched it out Mamba. you did <laughs> then, it was this one. then it was that one he got more he's getting he there has more than i do he has more than i do that's awesome i actually man. got two of these now so <laughs> yeah the I'm team one show i'm not a fan at all you can't tell. no 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 so you, hey, you well here here's the question do you want me to have jamie sign them for you before he ships them <laughs> oh sure why not <laughs> i'm always game <laughs> It's not yeah, gonna be we're worth gonna, anything, but still. What I what I like <laughs> yeah. to do is do It'll a probably specific, devalue the hat. <laughs> I'm thinking we might do this is an idea I had, and I can do it because we have a lady that'll do these for us. But I thought about doing a specific limited, limited run team BHP hat every year that you have to buy, like you would buy it, but it was only like 20 made, right? So like every year I go back to her and say, Hey, I need a team BHP 23 hat and i need it to look like this and do some weird color like something that we haven't done and that we won't do again is my point so like we do like one off um and, and it'll have the team bhp logo not the bhp so let's say the team bhp logo i mean what do you think ben you think people would like that or i mean how many would you say i need to do like 10 at 20 bucks a pop or what do you think well if you're gonna do a limited run i would say 10 to 10 no more than 20 um and you know one possibility just you know popped in my brain stuff is if you could also do a uh, team bhp hat for those who re-up or join team bhp like you have one where it's like you could have a purchase hat of a limited run but another one where it's like the only way you get this hat is become team bhp i like it yeah that's a yeah, great idea. A, sp a special level is what you're saying. Like yeah. a level up. Exactly. Level up. Like a new, like a new yeah. member hat type of deal. But even exactly if like here, a new member yeah. hat. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's cool. Cause I'm trying I to like think, I mean, idea, there are man. a decent amount of you guys who uh, have been around for multi-year. Uh, no, what, what about beanies? What about beanies? Cause I, I, I'm, I, I think I only I have, have one BHP beanie left. Um, so I'm trying to talk Dave into purchasing some more. That Although I don't know why I have to talk him into too. it because he spends all of our money anyway. But would you wear a beanie? Yeah, I would because I mean I got one that's a. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Tim. <laughs> I have I have one that's like a dark brown Matthews one that I bought because uh was it last year when I was up in the tree stand I was freezing my ears off. <laughs> What's up, Tim? So. I'm wearing this camping this weekend, bro. <laughs> but but I hear you, man. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just I'm completely no, it's okay. right now. This our, our hat lady our hat lady sent me. I'm a one trying to maintain my okay. composure with this going on on over there. So yeah, you you look like a bum, Dave. You look like a bum. You better be bringing that this weekend. There's only one of them. The hat lady what? sent me a one off. What? Yeah, she goes. He goes. She goes. In case you want to buy a leather these, patch too. Yeah, leather patch. Yeah, Jeez. cork. Yeah, cork patch. Wow. 
That's what I call yeah, limited edition. Must be nice. Yeah, there's only one on one on this one, baby. Unless Kevin's got yeah, the other, maybe I, there was two. Yeah, I, I didn't see if it was for sale, but I remember that was that one um, one time, Dave. I saw you wearing that Team BH, uh, BHP hat that had the red, white, and blue on there. I thought that was yeah, you know, that, really that was awesome a limited. Hat. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, thing's yeah. sick. Jamie, yeah, that was that Jamie's idea, awesome. actually. I think that red, was white, like blue. the only said, good Get idea that for Fourth of July. And I end up getting it. Um, I'll try to get another one of those. Maybe they sell them in a different, you know, what we could do to make that a different kind of limited is change the logo color. So, you know, instead mm -hmm. of whatever it was, we could just make it all bright red, you know, and do a red yeah. with that hat, you know? So I'll yeah. talk to her and do it. The problem is I got a, it's usually pretty expensive. Every time I do it with her, it's like seven, 800 bucks. So I always hesitate a little bit. I'm like, well, but if I, I don't know, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'll do them in tens because I feel like, a lot of times we'll say like, oh, everybody will buy it, but then they don't buy it. So I think, I think, because Jamie did this to us one time, we got these like. Hey, and welcome to bowhunterplanet.com podcast. Thank you so much for your support and watching this show here on Carbon TV or listening to it wherever you get your podcast. I just want to take a moment to thank the sponsors who help us bring this show to you guys and keep it interesting and fun. I want to thank Tinks, Cat Work Truck, Camp Chef, Cobra Archery, HHA and HHA USA, Mojack, Thorn Broadheads, Victory Archery, Burris, Reveal Trail Cams, Apex Competitions, Heat Hog, Deer Camp Coffee, and Under Armour. Make sure you check out and log on and sign up on the bowhunterplanet.com brand new website. It is simple, it is awesome, and it's a great place to chat bow hunting and archery with a whole bunch of like-minded people. So we'll see you soon, and now, back to the show. Shirts made, he was all about it, dude. Team BHP just came out, it was over 100 members, and he's like, we're gonna get these t-shirts, everybody's gonna want them, I'm telling you, I'll sell them, I'll do it. He did a poll, and like... <laughs> and we told well, for, and, and, and we told him, we told him, we don't think it's a good idea, right? But we let him run with it and it was a lot of money we're like yeah and it costs a lot of money but we let him run with it and we're like we're, you know what he sometimes you got to learn by your own mistakes you know so we let him do it i think what that was six or seven <laughs> years ago and we still have shirts left over nah we gave him away i ended up we ended up giving him as uh we went to the woods and water show in michigan and we did that's a right live we had to basically throw him to the crowd we threw yeah. him threw yep. him into the crowd yep. people are going nuts there was a crowd. I have this video somewhere, but there was a crowd of like a hundred people around us. It was crazy. And we were like, who wants a shirt? All these people are screaming. We yeah. We were doing a live podcast with this big outdoor event. It's and, like, who uh, cares? Like, why are these people so excited about this? It was, it was, it was nuts, so man. Funny. There was probably like 30, 40 people deep in a huge crowd, you know, surround. So there's probably like, you know, 150, 200 people surrounding us just yelling for all this stuff. It was fun. Very, very fun, man. So so you, you don't know the next time you're going to be in Michigan, huh, Ben? Uh, no, it just kind of varies. You know, if a trip pops in there, then I kind of take a look at it and stuff. Uh, it's kind of like that one time I emailed you guys. I'm like, it just so happened it popped up and within like three or four days when I was supposed to fly. And yeah. it was a long overnight. So I was like, hey, I'm here, you know, in case you're here type of thing. And, no, um, that was so they cool, just man. Kind of... We appreciate that. Um, just tough sometimes, especially during the summer, because we do a lot of camping where we're out and about with the family and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I figured that was the case and stuff. I figured you'd be at, rather be out camping than at the uh, Marriott Romulus. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the one that's attached? Do you see it the one attached to the hotel Romulus. or the, the airport at least? Yeah, that's a, I mean it's yep. not bad. They they got a nice. It's little not bad. Energy. I can't complain. Yeah, they overcharge complain. for their scotch. I know that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. 
been there a couple times pre uh, pre boarding. No, nobody ever really knows about it, so nobody ever goes there. But that's our that's our pre boarding spot for my my buddy and I when we're flying out of town. So nice. But that's pretty. No, cool. it's not bad. Not a bad place. I don't have nothing to complain about. So have you have you traveled around the Detroit area at all or no? Um, just kind uh, of a little fly bit. And fly out? Okay. Yeah, I mean, most of the time it's like a uh, short overnight, so there's not enough time to do anything other than get a meal and get some rest. And yeah, that was one of those rare ones where it was really long, you know. But I've definitely been around the area quite a bit. I did some stuff with the Air Force, and um, I'm trying to remember. We used to have like a downtown hotel, I think, at one point, but that was short lived. So cool. Yeah. So talk talk to us about your flying, man. So how how did you get started doing that? Oh, dude. <laughs> I um I wanted to fly since I was a little kid, um about five years old, and um you know I pretty much determined that I wanted to go through the military, um and my dad was a retired military a master sergeant did like uh, uh I think twenty four years uh, in the service and um uh, he never actually pushed me toward the Air, Air Force it was it, it, you know it was all my decision stuff you know really if they have anything to blame they took me to an air show when I was five. And once I saw that, I was hooked for the rest of my life. So then I went to pilot training in uh, Advanced Air Force Base in 2001 and uh, ended up flying the uh, C-21, which is basically a Learjet 35. Uh, didn't know the Air Force had those things. Did that for three and a half years, then went to the C-130 for a couple of years. Active duty, couple those years are the big cargo works. ones? Mm-hmm, with yeah. the pro- propellers and stuff. They're, they're, yep. they're, their mission is tactical airlift. So you know, it, we don't get anywhere fast, but we can fly into a dirt strip in the middle of Ethiopia and have no problems with it whatsoever. Um, so it's a lot of fun, different type of flying, a lot of fun to do it. So, and then I got on with my current job and been doing that ever since. And I've been there for about, I think I crossed over about 15 and a half years and stuff. And so, wow. yeah, it's been a while. So That's I think crazy. I got about like maybe 13,000 hours flying time and Woo. yeah, wow. doesn't feel awesome. like it, but um, it's so true. Ben, this is a good this is a good conversation. Actually, it's interesting that um, you're on today because I actually just finished. Uh, and Tim's on be bored here. Sorry, I, I go back to World War II. I love documentaries. And I love World War II stuff. But I just finished the Battle of Midway, and I literally was just thinking about this um, a few hours ago because I finished just finished it. And the, the part where I was getting gonna <clears throat> ask you about is the part where. The pilots, they flew off one of the battleships, or I shouldn't say battleship, one of the carriers, and um, mm-hmm. they're looking for the Japanese fleet that was out in the ocean. And at one point, you might already know the story, but basically at one point, they, they're lost and they're like, they don't know where they're at. They, they're running out of gas. But at some point, one of the, the lead pilots sees this light spectrum coming off one of these Japanese ships and they decide to follow it. And the comment made in the video, which I find very intriguing, and I guess like you know, I don't know, I don't know the word I'm trying to find here, but is that the the skipper or whatever you want to call the main the main guy? You know, when he he said they said when he turns off and he goes, you know, the, to look for this this thing, you know, he's asking you to keep flying with him in hopes to be able to do something important here, but with the fear that you're not even going to make it back to that battleship, you're going to literally run out of gas in the middle of the ocean and ditch. So I guess my question is, <clears throat> what do you guys, how does that feel? How does that, how does that work for you being a pilot, like thought process in this? And I understand this is a totally different time than that time, but like mm-hmm. those are pilots. Those are your brothers, technically your father, brothers, whatever you want to call it, your grandparents that did that. They had no, no regrets. They had no fear. They went in there and did something that was, 
unbelievable, you know, and a lot of them died doing it. I mean, a lot of them didn't make it back to that carrier, you know? So what's your thoughts on that? Like, what do they teach you guys about stuff like that in, when you're doing this stuff? Like, cause I mean, that's like, it's just unbelievable to me. Well, you know, we take a lot of different uh, professional military courses, various times through our career, whether you're in ROTC or, you know, later on as an officer. And, um, you know, you get into aspects of morality and, uh, you know, accomplishing the mission and looking at, you know, events like that and looking at history. And occasionally, you know, we were fortunate to actually uh, uh, speak to some, you know, living history, some World War II vets. Case in point, when I did a professional uh, officer course um, at Maxwell Air Force Base, they brought in uh, some of the Tuskegee Airmen. And they spoke wow. to us and we got a chance to shake their hand and, and you know, see what they went through. So um, everything instills like leadership and officership and, you know, the stuff that you need to, um, you know, have inside you to know that in case of a wartime, uh, you got to go out there and accomplish the mission. And um, it's tough on every one of us because, you know, we when we go over there. Um, you know, we may be leaving family behind, uh, we may be leaving kids behind to go out and do this, but we kind of all have a general understanding that it's for the greater good. And I focus on um, times that um, I'm, I'm having to look out for my crew, because like when I was flying with the C-130, I had a co-pilot, I had an engineer, a navigator, and two load masters, not counting any troops that may be in the back. So I, they're counting on me to do the mission, to accomplish it, to get them where they need to go. Or maybe they need some gear on the ground. I got to airdrop or I got to fly into that place. Like I told you about a dirt strip in Ethiopia and I got to drop off special operations troops to accomplish the mission. It's like, it's everything's integrated. Everything's connected. And if I don't do that, then someone could get killed. They might not get the supplies they need. I mean, you know, it's just, they ingrain that officership and you, you like, you, you're doing it for your crew. And you're doing it for the people who need that stuff. You're getting the mission done for them. Yeah, and that's kind of your like, officership. It's probably like helicopter pilots in uh, uh, Vietnam as well. They have to like go mm -hmm. in and get shot trying to get out, right? Dude, the yeah. Coast Guard pilots and some of those rescue missions that they do. Oh my gosh! Oh my man, god! That's crazy dude, too. Deadliest catch type stuff. Forget that. Deadliest catch and like even you know even over here in the winter time and you know when when the ice is when everybody's ice fishing. And, you just float off in the nowhere, just just having to go out there and drop down out of a helicopter and pick somebody up from a slab of ice floating around in the middle of the lake. You know, yeah. that's crazy yeah. stuff. So, well, they what was them. crazy too is like flying the C one thirty. I had to fly into these um, places where there's hostile activity, knowing yeah. that number one, I had a very loud plane. Right. Two, yeah. There's no very slow plane. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no stealth at all, so they're gonna take pot shots at Herx all the time. So That's they crazy. said um during that battle midway they said the mosquito bombers were the first ones to get there and they they were just massacred their their planes were mm -hmm. up to 200 miles per hour slower than a zero at the time which is insane but a lot of them died only a couple of them made it back out like 50 guys two pilots or four pilots made it back something ridiculous but what ended up happening is because they did that they had all those zeros that were chasing them and stuff were not there so when the pilots actually came onto this this thing, there was like no no resistance. It was just them and all the battleships, the Japanese armada. So like it was just interesting to, that there was a purpose. It sucked, you know, people died, but like it, you know, it changed the war and it changed, you know, it's just incredible. Well, I just the heroism to me is just unbelievable to just yeah. knowing 
that those guys did that. And they said that when they dive, they have to dive bomb. So it's obviously different today, but they said that it's like a life defined moment. Like you go down full speed and you're going down with the window open and it's just wind just roaring. And you have to like play Russian roulette with the sea because they would come up and pull up at the last second, drop the load onto the deck and just keep going, skim the water and hope to make it out of it, which is insane. Insane. Yeah. And um, what was even, you know, more amazing is that the torpedo bombers, um, were the ones that drew the uh, fighters down to them because the Japanese fleet was so afraid of torpedoes more than anything else that they sent their zeros after them and, and they just completely tore them up. In fact, one of the only survivors uh, was Ensign uh, Gay and he was um, uh, um, from my alma mater, Texas A&M. And he ended up managing to bail out and was holding on to a life preserver and witnessed the whole battle of Midway, just watching Whoa. what was happening wow. before he was rescued afterwards. And because the fighters, like you said, Dave, got drawn down to uh, get the torpedo bombers, they didn't have time to come, come up and do the protective um, net over the uh, fleet. So when the dive bombers came in, they could, they could pretty much go unmolested and were able to take out all those carriers. Yeah, it's amazing. That's amazing. It's an amazing story. Like I was just, I couldn't believe it. Like watching that battle midway was like, wow. I know there's another one, the coral sea one as well, but the midway one is just incredible to me. And they said that, um, I remember them saying a witness on, in, from Japan said that when the American planes came over the top, it was like a sea of shining silver coming over the top, <laughs> over the top of the sky, just raining down on them, like from two different directions, because it just so happens, Tim, cause I don't know if you know this or not, but two squadrons came to the to the Japanese fleet at the same time by by luck by mistake and they both just came from two sides so it wasn't even just one side where they could just you know put all their firepower to one side and shoot the Americans down now they had two sides and they both came down it's was it incredible. mistake or was it destiny well that's the thing yeah. that's you know it's obviously fate I mean like yeah. I said and I almost and crashed the plane once well, I'm not surprised I you crashed a four-wheeler. I know that. When I, when I was, uh, I think I was 12, 12, maybe 13. My dad took me to, my, my dad was, um, he wasn't commercial play. He did it for fun. Uh, Cessna, single props, all that kind of stuff when he was a kid. And uh, I thought it was really cool. He like, he knew I was interested. So he took me out to this airstrip where they're doing a, like a kid's day air show, right? Where they take you up into a plane, fly you around and all that kind of stuff. And you know, getting in the airplane and, and the, uh, the pilot's like, you want to, you want to co-pilot with me today? I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. You know, he's like, all right, super easy. He's like, you see this right here? He's like, put your hand on it. And when I tell you to pull back, pull back. Right. And so we're going, he, you know, puts the, puts the throttle in, tells me, you know, just pull back when I tell you to pull back and, and he go and, and we're going and we start to lift off the, you know, just a little bit. And he's like, all right, now pull back. And I pull back and he looks at me, says, oh shit hits hits my hand in because what he told me and what I thought he said to hold on to was the throttle and so you know the throttle's in all the way and when he told me to, th to pull back I pulled back on the throttle so I decelerated the plane and, and so so we're going up we're going up and all of a sudden like the nose comes straight down headed towards all these trees and he jams my head back in throws the throttle up and we just missed the trees oh my god that's the pilot so we go around. never told we're going around he's like you want to you want to you want to take control for us i'm like no i'm good man <laughs> i come back down and i get out my dad looks at me he's like what the hell happened <laughs> I'm like, no yeah, I, I, I must have misunderstood the instructions, but I swear to God, he said, put your hand right here. And when I tell you to pull back, pull back. And I did, but it was the throttle. <laughs> Jeez. 
So yeah, that was fun. You might not know this, Ben, but uh, Jamie's dad is a uh, a pilot, but a small pilot, not like what you're doing. Like, like I don't know what you call it, prop planes. I don't know the word, but he does the little tiny planes. And uh, anyways, <laughs> he has an airstrip. Yeah, most people say it's bug smashers. <laughs> yes, those. Like the the yeah the ones that do the uh, spreading in the fields. Like I think that kind of plane was little. Oh oh, uh, crop dusters. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just making a joke, but I don't know. He doesn't know what do it that. Is, those but... are the, yeah, they're just oh, the anyway, single so props and all that kind of stuff. He's got like an airstrip in his, his backyard he built, like an 800 yard. Because um, Jamie's Jamie grew up in the woods basically, but he's got 800 yard strip, and that's what we use for like the bow reviews for far distance shots. We use use his air his airfield thing, and then we hunt on an airport in Hastings, so that's where we actually hunt is an actual airport, and they have actual. There's one actual jet in there. The rest are little prop planes, but one jet some super rich guy owns, and uh, so it takes off. It's loud as heck, man. It takes off. It's a it's like a. I don't know if it's a Lear or something, Tim. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think it is. Gulfstream. It's expensive, I can tell. It's pretty nice. But anyway, so the first year I went hunting at this airport, Jamie's dad's like, oh, we had, it was kids weekend. I don't know if Tim, you were there for this one or not, but he's like, oh, I'm going to take the kids up in the plane. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. (laughs) I (laughs) I love the guy to death. But like, if Ben said that, I'd be like, no problem, right? Like, but I was like, all right. Listen, I don't need no Tim bull crap. This, up this is the same guy that like throttle. drag rates down the airstrip, you know. And there's that's no what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, I'm we're good. good. You know? <laughs> my kids are good. You, James' kids will go. It's your grandkids. Go ahead. But my kids, my wife will kill me. That was my excuse. But really, I was thinking, hell no. <laughs> yeah. No it's like, no, I'll stay here and watch. Or... It's okay. You guys have fun. Yeah, you go know, for it. Good. Shannon will never let me. It'll, you know, I'll just do one of those. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, man. So, Tim, what um, what are you thinking, man? I mean, wh- what do we do with these deer? I, I don't even. They show up once in a while. Then we got uh, one big it, buck, and then it's gone again. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be. Not... It's gonna be. It's gonna be luck. I mean, that's it's still what it really dark out be. though. Most of the time, it's dark. Like once. Well, he's shown up a couple times during the day. The the yeah, problem, you know, and here, we already we kind of already said this. The problem is, is that we schedule our hunting we don't let the hunting schedule us unfortunately just because we're so busy right so it's only going to happen if we if just by luck if we happen to be there the same day that he makes a mistake it's not like we're able to hunt our backyard or say hey man weather's perfect everything's right and we can go out and get them that night you know type of deal so yeah it's just a different hunting mentality i think yeah, this I think that's one of the bigger ones. He's not huge, but he's pretty big. That was yeah. right at the top of the bowl where Brian was. You yeah, see that big that, buck on my spot? Day. Oh yeah. A giant on my spot, giant, but he you know was there at night. Thick and, old and neck. Out. How's your how's your deer? I know you haven't seen much, Ben, but but how is the deer? I mean, you see an eight points, ten points. What's the what's the deer like out in uh in New Hampshire? Well, I mean, it's populous. I mean, they, um, in this area of the state, the southern, the southeast area of the state, I think it's the third most populous um, area for whitetail and stuff. So there's tons okay. around here. I've seen eight points, bear, ten right? points. Yeah, uh, mostly up north, I think. Uh, well, actually, believe it or not, one of my neighbors said on one of their ring cameras they just saw um, a black bear in the neighborhood and stuff. So that's awesome. I mean, yeah, some of the animals are here. Oh, and. Uh, I'll show you this. This is one thing that actually I've seen the most on my reveal Tacticam. Hopefully you can see it. Gobbler? There is so much tur- yeah, turkey here. 
is yeah, unreal. I, I mean, I've seen just this one year, I've probably seen well over like a couple hundred turkeys. I mean, they're just yeah. all over the place. Yeah, but you, there's um, a turkey season out there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, and that's they, one they I, honestly, that's it. one of my fondest hunts. There I he love is. There he is. Yeah, that's the big one. Yeah, there's only one of them out there, Tim, and that's that's at my spot, but it's a dark. They well, they seem to be checking scrapes though, which is well, good. he did. That I means... actually sent this picture. I actually this worked out really well. I sent this picture to oh wow one two three okay yeah, almost he, count his points. There's one oh, of them. Oh, that's a nice looking. one. Oh wow, yeah, that's great. That's man. that's, that's the one I caught. So cool. yeah, that's wide. Uh, that so was Tinks, back in July third. I sent this one to Tinks. They loved it because that's their Tink stripper. Yeah, smell it directly. Like oh my god, thank you. This is a perfect picture. I'm like I know it, and I got video of this too. I just don't. I have to go get the card because right. you don't send the card. Yep. Hey, uh, Ben, have you tried this this rope stuff, like putting a rope like that and dipping it? No, no. I haven't tried that yet. I um, I tried yeah. one, uh, a new tink smell, not the one you guys sent me, but a different one the other day, and uh, <laughs> ironically attracted a fox. I think more than anything stuff. Oh, not that it was weird. bad, but I think it, once again, it's it's. I think they're too far away from this yeah. water source. They know it's dried up, so they're they migrated to the other water sources in the area. And I think they're just too far away to smell it right now. Now I'm going to wait a little bit more till rut starts. And then I'm going to try the pre-rut stuff and see if I can, you know, catch them. Cause we have had some rain lately, but I haven't checked the Creek to see if it's filled up or not. Yeah. I well, think part that, of the that problem should get it moving around regardless are, a little bit more. Outside are you hunting on private land, Ben, or what are you hunting on? Private. Yeah. Cause, cause you know, where I'm at, like the private land is literally 50 yards that way, but uh, say maybe about a mile that direction is um the national forest and there's a lot of hunters that come up from massachusetts and some local and stuff that will hunt that um that uh, forest land um so in the in the past i've seen you know they're, they're smart enough to know probably not to go there uh as much as they normally would so they would congregate in the private land where i'm at right here in between another water source that's over on the far side so literally i'm right in the middle of public Perfect. land and a water source and the creek used to be you know a trail to that water source so they were all falling along but i think like i said the droughts just is, is what's affecting because that's the one yeah. element that has changed for this year so yeah well you got the rut that's going to change it up too and like you said the hunting pressure so hopefully but it, i'll uh, tell you one thing up in your favor i'll tell you one thing when it comes to the number of whitetail in new hampshire and the number of whitetail around here is uh it was apparently so populous last year that they normally have a restriction on uh, crossbows um, where you have to prove that you have a medical reason to use it. And once you go, you can't go back to uh, compound bows anymore. They waived it last year. Really? <laughs> yeah, too many they deer. waived it. Yeah, too many deer. So I, and talking to the uh, guys in the local shop, they were saying crossbows were flying off the shelves. Oh, and God, yeah. That's what they, I was they imagine. were just taking an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So are you guys, uh, are you guys allowed to bait or no? We are. You just gotta, you know, register with the fish and game, and you know, do whatever paperwork and do a baiting site wow. and stuff. Um, I can't remember if there's specific baiting times, but you know, yeah. once again, I'm kind of kind of new to the hunting aspect of archery. Right. Um, so I'm I'm kind of just starting out well, with my gear and just natural hunting later on. Maybe do baiting later. You know. I'll tell you what, Ben. You you hold the does, you get the bucks. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. So the bait holds the does the descents will bring in the bucks and, and they'll bring they'll come in so this is the problem with michigan we've ran into we can't hold the does anymore because we don't have the bait and without farmland of massive farmland it's very hard to do it um we have does right now but you got to hold them yeah you got to hold them that's all food plots mm -hmm. uh baiting 
whatever it takes to get them, I, I think that's the solution. I mean, personally. it's the same thing with bars, right? If you bring the women in, the guys are going to come and spend all their money. So. <laughs> Dang, you should write a book. That's a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's hunting schedule. Uh, you know, the guys go to bars, the young bucks are oh, there, and the big ones push them out. We're not too much different than those stupid bucks, but they're not stupid. That's the problem. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even need to do anything like uh, too heavy, Tim. You just put just little quotes, you know, one of those yeah, books with kids quotes books. like, Tim, I'd still Tim, have to spell check it. <laughs> it's a kid's book with graphics. Show a bar, show a deer in the bar. <laughs> I love it. Tim's basic sense it, of the rut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> be called the rut. Oh, uh, man. man, we got to go, man. It was good talking. All to right, you. I appreciate guys. it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no. Was, uh, glad you ready November hook 1st. up to do this for sure. Yeah, this is uh, just, a, just a plug for anybody who's watching. This is a great show. You guys do great reviews. You've helped me a ton on figuring out what I need to do, especially as a new hunter. And I appreciate that you're still doing uh, doing this stuff and taking, you know, bow hunting to another level and stuff. It's affected, you know, me positively as well as my family. And I know you guys uh, have affected a lot of people out there. So thank That's you for awesome, doing man. what you do. Thanks, man. We appreciate, appreciate that it, a lot. More than you'll know, man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, dude. We'll see you next All time. Right. The Bowhunter Planet podcast would like to thank our outdoor partners for their support. It's because of these companies we can keep this show educating, entertaining, and growing the archery heritage. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.